0: Baggies fans, welcome back to a special episode, of Baggies broadcast extra, with me, Johnny Dreary and the boy Lewis Cox. First off, we need a few, it feels like a, a formal meeting. This, I'm just going to make some apologies at the start. We were due to bring this yesterday, uh, but due to some unforeseen circumstances, so I was actually off yesterday. But we were going to record, uh, but something cropped up and I wasn't able to uh, record yesterday. So we are meeting up on this fine, but a little bit chilly Friday morning, just to uh, to look back over the. The a QPR game, really, because we bought you the, the main full baggage broadcast on Monday, which was prior to the game. Um, so we're going to talk about a few key points, a few individual performances from the, the win over QPR on Tuesday night at the Hawthorns. We'll have a little bit, little bit of a nod forward to Monday um, and the trip to Coventry. Coxie, first off, you well, mate? I'm
1: well, mate. I, can't I think you that... generally are
0: seeing me more this week than you, you see your, uh, your other half. Yeah, I
1: can't believe they afforded you a day off yesterday, mate. That's... Uh... Um, Whenever um, you or I have a day off, we're generally doing something work or admin related, aren't we? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, it feels nice to be chatting after Tuesday's win. Obviously, we spoke at length before that. And um, Saturday off tomorrow, haven't we? Or where, where are you? Oh, you I'm working.
0: Oh, I'm working at home tomorrow, but I am. I am still
1: still working. Um, yeah. Well, I've, I've landed the remote. Sunday. I've landed the Sunday, unfortunately. But uh, the, gra- we'll the graveyard be, shift. Well, we'll be previewing. Yeah, we'll be previewing Alvin's trip to Cov, as you mentioned, for for the Monday's paper. So, yeah, you know, lots to get stuck into with that trip, isn't it? I I remember a couple of weeks ago we were ranting about the away ticket prices and, well, obviously the Midlands breaks up for half term, doesn't it, today? So, you know, it'd be really interesting to see how many baggies go, actually, to the CBS Monday with those £37 tickets and obviously the game on Sky. Um, But, yeah, it should be, be a good one. I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I generally keep tabs on all championship clubs in the tables, but having a look where Cov were at the table we'll, we'll get into it later. Great, yeah surprising isn't it I think they've drawn a few perhaps not as many as i been but uh yeah lower than you'd expect I think
0: yeah they are uh, they're certainly down the bottom we'll we'll wrap up with that later on we're going to look at um Carlos the one-year anniversary as well but we'll just talk about some individual points from uh from Queen's Park Rangers Coxie just briefly on the the, the overall performance you know frustrations we talked boo boys and that on Friday on uh, on Tuesday, and we have actually got a little bit of a piece we're going to put on the website um, with some thoughts um, across the weekend. But yeah, just the persistence paid off. Really, it's just yeah, patience was needed, patience was required, and and probably patience got Albion over the line at the end, alongside a bit of trickery from Chalaburn, a bit of trickery from Dean Garner.
1: Yeah, we said in the video directly after the game, didn't we? It, um, again, it wasn't the most thrilling. And that's probably an understatement in the first period, and you know. T- obviously some fans you know, rightly or wrongly however you look at it you know, fairly made their their feelings known on it pretty uneventful first half wasn't it Let, let's be honest against a poor 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 QPR team who um you'd fancy Albion against heavily at home even given all the injuries but it, it wasn't really happening was it in that first period for me didn't see enough sort of um, progression and tempo with the play and and stuff but um yeah patience really you know you, you've got to credit Albion Things changed after the break, but they—I feel, I feel like they did take that penalty on what was it, 58 minutes, to to really make the breakthrough. And and ironically, as we kind of said the other night, it came via a, a Bartley long raking ball, didn't it? Really, um, to play obviously play sort of uh, get Dean Garner going in the position he got into the box and oh, it's penalty all day, and it's a red card all day, isn't it? Second yellow all day, and yeah, game's over then, isn't it for me? I mean, Bra- when when Brandon Thomas Asante lifted that penalty high. First thought in my head was, "Oh my, that looks very high. <laughs> you know, that looks crossbar height, if not higher." But thankfully, it crashed in. And um, pretty emotional celebrations, weren't they? I think obviously Brandon had been a, a little while without scoring. He'd, he'd have known maybe a bit of frustration with chances not dropping his way. That was a big one for him. Hopefully, frees him up a bit. And uh, yeah, uh, it was it, it was much better after that, wasn't it? Dean Garner could have could have wrapped up with a second with a with a beauty from distance and. The, the third goal was, was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, Chalaba, fascinating point at the moment, isn't he, Chalaba? Really, uh, two good appearances, maybe three if you include one from the bench. Um, yeah, it looks like a different player for that second goal, didn't it? I don't, I don't think many of us thought that was in his locker. That so could slalom in into the box to the byline, perfect pullback. And um, and yeah, obviously, you know, three points, the pit, table looked rosy, didn't it? Full time fifth. I know Albion dropped down to six the following night, but you know, still in the playoffs. Sort of nice synergy about that being Corbrand's year in charge, taking over in the relegation zone, and then twelve months being in the playoffs. And then obviously, you know, we we get the we get the Cedric Kipper dampener, don't we? Which um, you know, for full details and extent of that, we we will bring that later to the website, of course. When when I hear from Carlos Corbrand in a couple of hours, but what a blow that is! No dressing that up, as we said.
0: No, absolutely. It's interesting you mentioned Chalaber there and, and, you know, we've seen his performances pick up in the last few weeks. I think he's changed the minds of, of a few Albion um, fans. First off, you know, seen a lot of fans who critical of Carlos Corban's selection, saying he was playing seven defensive players, which I thought was a little bit of nonsense. Um, but does it give him, th- I you know, I wrote this briefly the other day, does it give him food for thought now, you know, we've lost Swift, we've lost you know, attacking players, you know, we have really got options in that number 10 role. Uh, now, I'm not saying a number 10, but we, he certainly showed that he can, he, he possesses the attacking quality and, you know, he is a technical player. Is that an option now? You know, if he does have to tweak the system yeah. at Coventry, given the injuries that he's got, is he an option to play further forward? You know, he was certainly given licence to play further forward on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah. Coventry said a couple of times recently he sees Chaliver as as an eight, a number eight. So a, a central midfielder very much I an old cliche, of old money, box to box, you know, goes forward and can go back and get all over the pitch, basically. And he very much sees him as a number eight there who can break lines of his movement. You know, his athleticism, his penetrating runs, you know, second man runs. He, he specifically referenced him and Jed Wallace being options that can both, you know, being Moet as well, depending on who's playing, can both effectively get beyond the striker, Thomas Sante or, or, or even Wallace, and, and make defenders think, and we, we saw a lot of it from, from Chalibre, didn't we? Even even in the stalemate against um, against Plymouth on the, the Saturday, the nil nil, he, he was electric at the start of the second half, wasn't he? Before he was subbed off, and and yeah, he, he looks to have turned over a new leaf. Carlos Corbran said to me actually, the Watford draw, the two two uh, a few weeks back, I was away for. I know you were there, Johnny. Um, and he came on, didn't he, Chalobah, and played a slightly weird role. And, and Corbran effectively said from then. He's really shown the response, the reaction he had to show to to his whole situation. You know, don't don't try and reach expectations you have of yourself. Just you know, try and play your game. And he, he really does praise how he's been training and it's showing off on the pitch, isn't it? And suddenly turned into a good option for me. Different option, isn't he, to Yukushlu to to Mowat. Um and Malumbi too. Really different options and a welcome option. And uh, yeah, I mean, with the Kipper injury, you know, Oki. Does he drop into a back three? Certainly, one of the options too, isn't it? Drop into a back three, so that's in essence a midfielder down there, perhaps, and maybe Chalobah's got a bigger role coming up, a bigger job. And just really interesting, wasn't it? That um, what was it? A, a midfield two of Moa and and Chalibre. I mean, we I think we said, didn't we? We right, well, I know I came in the other the other night. Sorry, that was, that was Saturday with uh, Moa and Mo and Chalobah, but you wouldn't have seen that central midfield partnership coming. A few months ago last season, would you? So, yeah, the, the has certainly turned over a new leaf. I mean, we hope, you know, he's got, he had it really tough for a few months here, didn't he? The performances were nowhere near up to scratch. Albion fans were rightly unhappy with things. And he, yeah, perhaps he's got a bit bit more to go to really pay back, you know, head, head coach's faith, certainly. But I think we can feel encouraged. I, I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't start at Coventry, Johnny. I don't know about you. Um, Corbrandt said to me after QPR that that, that was a real other test. He came through Tuesday. You know, I have to go in for 60 on Saturday. I think, did he, how long did he play Tuesday night? I can't quite remember. A bit longer, maybe. Mm. He came off later, did he? Uh, you know, another physical test he's got through. And, um, yeah, I, I don't see a reason to take him out now. He's, he's He looks in good nick.
0: I want to talk to Jed Wallace again, because I thought he, he looked he looked really, really out of form again on Tuesday night. Um, He had, he had a good chance. You know, people have said it was an easy chance. I don't think it was an easy chance, but... You would back Jed Wallace to hit the hit the target or get something on it. But he's just Yeah. Every time I watch him, I just feel a little bit more sorry for him because it, I think he is just a player that is woefully just out of form at the moment. But the way that modern football is among supporters is players aren't allowed to be out of form. They're either good or they're bad. Um, or they're good or they're not good enough. They're either good enough, sorry, or they're not good enough. Um, and I just think he's really out of form and it's really hard to put a put a point on it. And I know Carlos Corbran has maybe touched on Wallace a few times, you know, he obviously has come out of the side at certain periods, but it's just a real conundrum for many Coxey as to why his form has, as Dip We talked, you know, he had that illness in the summer. Um, and fact, a lot of fans, I've seen a lot of critical fans this week, which is just a bit annoying really that Saying, oh, he, he's been rubbish. He's been rubbish since January." Well, Albion's form between January and, and April collectively wasn't wasn't fantastic. So it's not just Wallace who had a bad end to the last yeah. season or a, yeah. a dip last season. But I just, yeah, I just feel sorry for the the, the player because you see how much it means to him, at Albion, and, and and he's almost been beaten. The stick that some are beating him with is that he works hard. Well, yeah, that's a given. But he's just everything else is just not coming off for him at the moment. I'd... I don't really know if
1: I've got a question for you. It's just a frustration to see it. Yeah, it's a fair point, a rele- relevant one. Um, I don't, I don't. Works hard is a given. Yeah, I, I take your point. But there are players who I think, in terms of work rate and energy, go above and beyond on the pit. You know, you average and are sort of highlighted for their energy and intensity. And I do think Wallace is one. So I, I think he does bring that. You know, if, if that wasn't in the side and he, he was on the bench, I think you know, perhaps it'd be noticeable that. You know there wasn't a Wallace figure there tracking back, or oh, I, I totally appreciate it. it's not happening from an attack at the moment, and yeah, So, tough. I mean, you you mentioned like you either good or bad. That's the world we live in. Yeah, you know, this generation, isn't it? You know, everyone's mm-hmm. reactive and responsive to something with you know all the technology we have. We all have opinions, and that's that's not a slight on anyone. That's fine because we all do it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, at the minute, I, I suppose. I mean, imagine if most if not all of the attackers were fit you know there's, there's a lot more options there isn't there For, imagine Sarmiento had come in and not picked up a couple of knocks and was able to just play in each game you, wallace could have more of a breather couldn't he realistically you know uh, time out the side swift was still available then you know dean Garner gets back wallace can have a, a break there or, or, or others as well moat can play you know further forward whatever um wallace could have a break now i'm not you know he could still come outside obviously Tom Fellows is chomping at the bit isn't he and, and fans want to see him and I understand there's a balance with Tom Fellows isn't there if you start him you lose his impact from the bench all of that let's be fair Tom Fellows is a, a kid starting out you know Jed Wallace's experience leadership all of that is is pretty priceless I'd say compared to a, a youngster but no I, I understand the cause for it and look it's clear that Wallace is struggling, very for confidence, form, things just not coming off for him. If he's flying up, you know, in, in form, that sort of thing, he probably finishes that without second thought, doesn't he, the other the other night? But perhaps in one of those, those routes, I, I don't really buy the... He started with a very high bar out of it, didn't he? Like, he was really good for those first few months and perhaps that dip was always going to come. But you're right. Most, if not all, of Albion players dipped second off that season and, and slumped. And I think with Wallace, you just hoped he'd take the ball by the horns a bit at the start of this season and really kickstart this season well for him. You know, after taking the armband and all of that, um, just not happen for him. Has it. But that doesn't mean it can't turn, you know, just as, as a moment or a goal or an appearance where it goes for him. Um, and, and things turn and confidence returns and things like that. He's playing in a blunted side, isn't he? As we've said, with not many attacking options. But there's still attacking options around him, of which he is one of. And, you know, the likes of him have to step up in these injuries, like I am well aware of that. Um and, you know, he needs to deliver on on the goal front, I suppose, but it's not a full flowing, full throttle albion attack, is it, at the moment, that like, there's one recognised striker. And Wallace has you know, he's had his goal at Watford, he had a really good appearance at Preston. You know, he's not been below par in every game, but yeah, it it, it is noticeable and um yeah, I'm really hopeful for him he can recapture it. And I suppose while the absences continue, um does he have to stay in the side? Perhaps not. Perhaps there are options, perhaps Tom Fellows comes in for his first start, but can I see it at Coventry? Uh, I'm I'm not so sure. It's probably more likely at the Hawthorns, isn't it? A, a fellows gets thrown in from the off. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, why not Monday? Maybe Monday can be the one that that happens for Wallace, but but we'll see. It's a uh, I suppose only the player and the head to get it out of himself for the head coach, he's sort of role to do that,
0: yeah. Um, just finally on QPR, well, not QPR, but before like from that, we're going to talk some hypothetical defend defensive chat. Uh, Coxie oh, yeah. mentioned at the top of the uh, the, the, the mini podcast we're doing today that we're awaiting news on, on Cedric Kipper and Semi Chemia Jai. Uh, Chemi probably going to be better news than Cedric Kipper, but um, Paul Brand said it could be weeks, even months for Cedric Kipper, who went off with a knee injury, right? Coxie, you're you're You'll take, you, you've just taken over from Carlos Corbran. You're in the dugout at uh, CBS Arena on Monday night. You've, I'm going to give you some give, give you some options. So if we look at the back for Albion, we've got Carl Bartley who's fit, and then other options that have played centre half. That these are not generally centre half, but have played centre half. You've got, probably got you've got Eric Peters, you've got Connor Townsend, you've got Caleb Taylor. And Okay Kushler is another one who's played centre half as well. What system do you go and who do you play at the back if you're quarterback? If you're if, if it's as we expect, and he'll be without both Kippra and Ajay.
1: Yeah. Do you know what Johnny? I got I got this is sticking in my, you know, I stick with the back three and that's what I imagine the head coach will do. Um got two in my head I can't quite decide between, so I'll raise both of those. Um one I've mentioned is Ockay dropping back into it, which he, he did in Spain. Um, which Carlos Corbin is more than aware of and we've seen for Albin haven't we and that has its benefits I would say I mean yes you lose Ocay from midfield but we spoke chalibur and there are midfield options so I'm um, ovin um, and are in between that one and one you didn't mention actually I, I see a world where um, I see a world where Furlong is the right of a back three Yeah um, no, no, he's done that before Yeah he's done it before and he, you know, he, he brings some airily doesn't he um, yeah he, he's good Good header of the ball, got a good leap on him, Furlong, which, you know, not not the biggest, you would say. So, and and the thing that also sort of encourages me about that is it could, well, unleash Pippa at right wing back. And I'm intrigued by seeing Pippa, as I'm sure plenty are. And from what we've heard about him, can bring a lot from an attacking perspective. So, you know, Furlong has that more, you know, he'll he'll be a right centre-half of a three. He'll be expected to stay back, you know, not get up as he would usually. So he's got that. You know, he has to stick in basically, but Pippa's then got that license outside of him. So I think just because it's a new option and we haven't seen it yet, I'm maybe leaning towards Furlong coming in the back three, and Pippa being used as a right wing back. Um, I wouldn't mind Ochay dropping in. I don't necessarily want to lose him from midfield, but there are you know in in uh, in Moa in Chalibur, in Malumbi, you would say that three options there for for two to play. So and, and perhaps perhaps your Kuslu sort of. Struggling out of defence, you know, bringing the ball, starting play from the back might might spark something in, in Ocay, you know, we'll have to see, but yeah, I'd probably lean towards just going right to left. Furlong, Bartley, Peters, I think. Um, but you, you mentioned Townsend as well, Johnny, I mean, we've seen him left, centre-back with a three, haven't we? So that's another one. Um, yeah, Peters, got he stayed in, didn't he? He stayed in on Tuesday night when I think we all thought he'd probably have a breather um, playing consecutive games as he did. So, yeah, I know Townsend's having to having to bide his time at the minute, isn't he? And um, I, I suppose Peters is the more natural, you know, in inverted Connors left centre half than Townsend. So yeah, I'd leave probably leave Peters in, just about uh, stick with Phillips left wing back, and and yeah, Furlong. Yes, um, maybe it's harsh on Caleb Taylor, Johnny. I, I I don't know. I haven't mentioned Caleb there, and obviously came on for his league debut late on for Kipper. And oh, I just think it'd be a big call to throw him in from the off at Coventry Taylor. I do. Um, Listen, I'd I'd love him to not prove me wrong, but I'd I'd almost, I'd almost like to see it to see how well he did, he would do, uh, but it's a big ask. It's a big, big ask. So, yeah, I mean, how about you? Who would you chuck in?
0: Um, I think I'd put Taylor in to be honest, but I I think what I would do is play back four, probably. Right. Um, I I wouldn't That's want to take I wouldn't want to take O'Kai out of there, but yeah, I think you're right. That's me, but I I think he will stick with a three um and i think he spoke very highly of taylor so i think i think you will play taylor uh, i'm not too sure how who okay. else will go in that back three but
1: um, oh, well, see i, I uh, thought if it was i thought if taylor comes in i'd think it's stick a three just for more bodies around more him bodies more yeah purity and comfort around him just rather than say him and bartley yeah, you because know, yeah yeah you'd sort of uh I mean, I'm not saying Furlong's the quickest by any stretch because cause he's not necessarily, but mm. I suppose just having another body around there for recovery runs and stuff like that rather than having Taylor and Bartley on their own. Obviously, Bartley's getting no younger and no quicker, is he? So, um, yeah, interesting. It's sort of, you know, having Ajayi out, Kipper out, as we expect, is a bit of a problem. But luckily, there are still enough bodies and it, it will take a bit of tinkering, though, I think, you know, be it Akai, be it Furlong, be it Taylor.
0: yeah. We'll have, to, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Right, just before we finish off and have a little bit of a, a nod forward towards Coventry on Monday night, um, Carlos Corbrand celebrated his one-year anniversary since he walked into the Hawthorns with Albion, what um, should we say, struggling in the relegation zone, um, to put it mildly. Uh, he walked through the Hawthorns' door, a, a, a bad start against Sheffield United, but uh, yeah, it picked up from there. And, um he certainly got Alvin in a better position now than when he, when he found them. He's actually, if Albion fans were looking on social media um, this morning, he actually bought a, a bottle of Estrella for every single member of Alvin's training ground staff with a little note, which I thought was was quite nice. You might even have one for you, Coxie, later on. Well, I, I,
1: I almost, I was just thinking tongue-in-cheek, let's see what's at the press <laughs> conference. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember missing a press conference last Christmas. I was otherwise engaged. And... um. And a colleague of ours bought the bought, bought the beers and didn't he bought the Estrellas mm-hmm. in and did actually turned around and uh, it was after about a month in the job and basically said, I don't do beer, you know. <laughs> Which yeah. Is probably not a surprise. He's fine, fine
0: wines. Spanish wine probably, but um, he's a very healthy.
1: He's certainly yeah. not a lager lad, is he? No,
0: no, I'm sure he probably celebrated on there in midweek with a with a nice glass of red or something Spanish red. But um, Lewis, I'm going to ask you a few questions really, just from well three from his his time in charge. Has he? What did you expect from the first year of Carlos Corbran? Is it akin to what we've seen, or did you expect Albion, you know, a little bit more or or less? What you know, what what do you think? It's not this is not has he done a good job because we all know he's done a good no. job. Well, I think yeah. all level-headed people know he's done a good job anyway. But has he done sort of more or less than what you expected when he walked through the door?
1: I expected it to be uh, a tougher role for him. I'm not saying it's it hasn't been tough because I'm sure, it, well, I, I know it has, but I expected it to be tougher in that I thought Albion would struggle a bit more. Um, I mean, we were going off where the squad was under Bruce, and um, yeah, whoever the manager or head coach was coming in, that really, in my eyes, I mean, look, the squad on paper is good for the championship, isn't it? But after, what, 12, 13 games under Bruce, we thought this is where they are, you know, this is the level. So I thought it'd be tough. I thought it'd be a a hell of a job to get them the middle of the road in the table, really. But I suppose the the incredible start almost put out a kilter a bit, didn't it, in lifting it right up. So yeah, I thought I thought it'd be tougher. And um, look, I mean, we all knew the situation. I suppose this time last year, coming into last summer, that the parachutes coming to an end. You know, not going to be much slash anything to spend. There's gonna be loans and freeze. It's gonna be you know, potentially having to sell the better players to release funds and you know free up wage. I mean, that's a it's a hell of an ask really, isn't it? I mean all of this while coming into a massive championship club, balancing expectations of Albion's third year in the championship for the first time since the early two thousands. Where you got you know generally the expectations of a fan base who when they go down to the champ expect to be battling right up there, you know, for automatics to Boeing back up. Lots of balance there. And I think we're seeing that in the general, you know, to to an extent as we've discussed before, Johnny mood around the place. Um so I think, yeah, you, you mentioned there we all know he's doing, done a good job. Um I I've been quite pleasantly surprised at how he's been able to take it on his stride. I think I would say. Um and I, I, he's worked hard for that. I don't think it's been easy for him. But I expected him to. Have, I expected more bumps in the road. I think I'd say, and it's not been. It's not been smooth sailing and totally positive, has it? There's been tough, tough times, but by and large, let's be fair. You know, it's like 12 months, as you say, second bottom, you know, bottom to, to fifth in the playoffs, wasn't it? And and taking the playoff charge to the final day in May. So oh, I can't grumble too much at that, can you? And then when you consider the summer, you know, consider the summer realistically not being able to do anything. Yeah, some effort, I think.
0: Yeah, in terms of, I'm going to talk one positive, one negative. If there was a negative, uh, a regret that Corbrand might have, or a decision in his first year, you know, what would what sticks out for you? Just one, one decision.
1: Yeah, um, it's a bit of a cliche, and I think Albion fans would not be surprised by this, but I always think about putting Matt Phillips on against Chesterfield in the FA Cup replay. Um, I, I mean. Carlos Cobran answered that back then and he would give the same answer now. You know, you never know when it comes to muscle, muscles going or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Phillips was integral, wasn't he? Um, to that turnaround and continues to be. And he was a massive, massive miss. You know, all Brighton didn't work at all, did he? And, you know, others didn't work. Dean Garner then got injured straight after. Um, it was a massive loss and I, I, I don't, yeah, for me, Phillips didn't need to come on in that game. You know, of course, he could have got injured in the next day. Training, of course he could, but that's a regret, um, and that one sticks out. Actually, I'm sure there'd be many more if I had you know fixture list in front of me to, to go through and stuff like that. But you know, I would just think for the whole of the rest of the season to have had Phillips available for, I, I know Phillips's injury record is so checkered at best, and he you know when when he's had a run in the side he, he can go, but um, who knows if he was available from from then January until May, perhaps the story could have been different. I mean, I've been only missed out by a couple of points, didn't? Didn't they, in the end so you know what, what difference Phillips could have perhaps made
0: and just on the flip side before we, we finish off what's, what's the biggest positive what's the your biggest standout moment of one year of Carlos
1: I think it's a great question I think um, by and large a high 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 percentage of the fan base just the, the relationship they have the connection they have I think a high percentage of the fan base huge supporters and admirers of him and he's brought a bit of that back back together. Not not wholly entirely. And look, some aren't so sure about him, I guess, and the style, you know, want want to see a bit more in terms of a tempo and more attacking. And like, everyone's entitled to, to that, aren't they? Um, but I think most appreciate the context and the turnaround. And um and realise maybe it's a case of, well, not the grass isn't always greener, but you know what what could have happened otherwise. You know who's out there to to do a similar job than he's done, and how he lives and breathes a football club. I think fans appreciate that, don't they? The how he's um, thrown himself into the club's culture and history and background, and how he is with the fans, and how connected to the club. I think he comes across, and he does. You know, I I, I truly believe in all of that. I know it's easy words words are cheap and and everything but you know you can tell there's someone who speak, you know sort of has the pleasure of being in his company quite often you know a good few times a week handful times a week it's not bluster you know it is real what what he feels about the club and and stuff so um yeah that sort of connection they have between himself and and the um, and and most most you know high percentages of the fan best i think is 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 a good thing for the club uh, you know, given, yeah, you know, let's add in the context of the ownership and all of the uncertainties upstairs. This is one of if not the trickiest time in the club's history, I would say. Um look, I know I've been obviously down, you know, been down to the third tier and stuff in the dark nineties and stuff like that. But this is this is in, in times of financing football now, this is heavily uncertain, isn't it? We've, you know, clubs a bit lower down going to the wall and championships drop clubs, big championship clubs dropping out and never coming back to the level and stuff and um yeah, we hope you know there's a glimmer of light coming out of that, and you know, not in the too distant future with Carlos Corbin as head coach, there will be um, you know, perhaps dare we say a settle and settled and stable ownership. You know, looking to progress and invest.
0: Yeah, finally Coventry on Monday evening is it? You know, given having going into it on the back of a back of a win, back of the you know the run of three sheets. You know, it's pretty rock solid at the back, although there are injuries yeah. uh, and the fact that Coventry are struggling um three points you're predicting three points on monday
1: i i think i think if i was to make a prediction now and a result i think i'd say draw um just strikes me as a tough place to go really and i don't think a, i don't particularly think a midweek night under the lights helps Yeah, you know, I, I think i'd feel a tiny bit more confident if it was a saturday perhaps um yeah i mean cover kind of struggling aren't they as i say um this season under Mark Robbins but I I don't see that to continue I think they've got options they've got talent and they will use this occasion Monday night a local-ish game say under the lights a decent crowd and atmosphere you'd think school holidays they'll use this as a big chance to ignite their season won't they Kickstart start it and, maybe I've got a lot of commentary away midweek in my head from last season just before Christmas and I'm aware they were a much better side last season you know Hamer and Giocarez have gone two star players um and perhaps looking at the table, looking at the form and results, Albion should go there expecting to win. I don't dismiss that. You know, it's not despite what happened at Preston, it's it's not Albion's forte, is it, away from home? Um so yeah, I mean, I don't know what you think, Johnny. I, I don't think a draw down there would be the end of the world. I think it's sort of a lick your wounds and obviously I suppose it takes in, you know, the manner of the draw and the context of the draw, you don't want to win and lose it late on, but um yeah. Uh, you know, maybe try and, you know, a, a nil-nil for argument's sake, keep the keep the clean sheet run, kind of go in, see if you can nick on at the end. It'd be a great three points, it'd be a great win down there, despite how low down they are. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd more expect a draw and I think the victory to come against Hull, who are actually flying, aren't they? Um, obviously, Hull to come at the Hawthorns a week Saturday.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm gonna go for three points. I'm going high. Yeah. I'm setting the bar
1: high.
0: I'm up. setting the bar high. Half. Of Coxie, cheers for your time. Baggies fans. Um, we'll be bringing you more potentially more of these split podcasts um over the course of the season. Obviously, we've we've talked about it in, in recent weeks that schedules are quite difficult with midweek games, and we always like to talk about every game. So we recorded on Monday. Obviously, couldn't really talk a lot about QBR. Um, so yeah, you could be getting some uh, some bumper weeks when it comes to double podcasts. So I hope you've enjoyed this one. Um all of you. well, all of you, have a great weekend. Those who are heading down to Coventry, have a safe little jaunt down there. um, And we'll see you at the CBS Arena. Hopefully a win
1: for Albion. But We've got got a little video to come later as well, haven't we,
0: Johnny? We have indeed. We'll be back later on. I'll be seeing Coxie again for the fourth time this week, a little bit later on. Probably not to talk great news. But, um, but yeah, we'll also be back a little bit later on. But thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend. As we said, see you all down at Coventry for those who are travelling. And until next time, boing, boing. Boing, boing.